This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week, we're talking about a boy and his dog. That's right. 2024. <laughs> yeah, this movie came out in 1975, directed you by would L.Q. Never know Jones. You by watching it, though. No. Directed by L.Q. Jones, written by L.Q. Jones. Based on the novel of Bob Harlan Ellison, starring Don Johnson and others. Yeah. Jeebus, AJ only knew Don Johnson's Nash Bridges. Him and Jason Robards were the only people I recognized. I don't know who Jason Rubarb is. He's <laughs> Rob- Yeah, I definitely recognized Rubarbs. him. I don't know what, what from, though. All the President's Men looks like. Um, anyway, Alex, this was your suggestion, right? Why don't you tell us about mm-hmm. it? Uh, I'd always, this is one of the box art movies that I saw at the uh, video store <laughs> and I'd always seen it as like, oh, this looks, you know, interesting because it's a new mushroom clad with a smiling face on it. And I was like, what the hell is this movie about? Uh, and then later on that I heard this was like a, uh, kind of cult classic. And what really got me hooked was that this was the inspiration for the Fallout series of video games, which I love. And well, boy, one of is them. it. Right. Well, for the first one. But then that kind of kicked off eh. everything else. No, I, I agree. That's definitely an, an influence. Yeah. <laughs> you said the influence. There's a difference. Oh, well, my bad. It is an influence. Yeah, a pretty big one. It's got some a lot of the themes that carry over. Like you the dark humor. You putts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the dark humor, the setting um crazy characters and uh without spoiling too much i enjoy this movie all right um i'll go next this is the first time i've seen it i i may have heard of it i don't know it's a generic name um but it kind of sounded familiar to me um i have not played the fallout games but i kind of know that they're in this same kind of world so i guess it reminded me a little bit of that and also definitely like mad max type stuff too which uh, came out before mad max which is interesting to uh, to know, but yeah, yeah, I never really heard of it, and uh, it's interesting. Scott, I'd never heard of this movie before, which is kind of surprising. Uh, I kept after Alex suggested this, um, I kept in my head calling it a boy in his blob, <laughs> which is an awesome the the remake game by um, Way Forward is amazing, by the way. But anyways, um, that that said. Yeah, I I did uh, think the box art was cool. The 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 one sheet, whatever you want to call it. Um, I guess it wouldn't be box art. Would it? It would be uh, uh, the, the movie poster. poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One sheet. Um, and yeah, never never seen this before. Uh, and there were there was and there were a few things that I could see like why it might be a cult classic. And I was able to kind of push past some of the other exploitation films of the era that it was made. But uh, anyways, we'll, we'll talk more about that. Yeah. 
So which box art are you guys talking about or poster? Yeah, because when it's streaming, the one I've already seen, I've always seen when it was a kid was the mushroom cloud with a smiley face. But then I saw it on Amazon Prime and that's uh, it has another poster that I'd never seen before. That was more 70s. Yeah, and psychedelic. The, the, one, the one on Prime was pretty cool with like the I think it also had the mushroom cloud, but it had the the I think the boy and his dog in the, in the middle and then mm -hmm. the. The woman at the bottom, kind of a Frank Frazetta almost. Mm -hmm. And the vault door. In the vault door. But then, so that's the one I have on uh, IMDb right now. And it says, the year is 2024, a future you'll probably live to see. Huh? <laughs> and it's a boy and his dog, an R-rated, rather kinky tale of survival. And then in small subtext, no one, in, no one admitted after performance starts. It has to be seen from the beginning. Which I don't know if that's necessarily true after watching the whole thing, but <laughs> um, very like uh, grindhousey, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but all right, well, let's get into it. Uh, as usual, we uh, talk about seven items from the movie. Alex, why don't you let us off? What's your number seven? My number seven is it's been a while since I've seen a movie from the seventies from that era, and uh, so I was a little Star bit. Wars. Well, Star Wars aside, of course, <laughs> but Star Wars doesn't have the awkward long shots, like the, the shots that they stay on a character for just a little bit too long. That was like, I don't know. I see that a lot in like older 70s, low budget movies and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that just reminded me. It's like, oh, right. I'm watching a movie from the 70s. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there it definitely... Is. I could, like I said, you could say this inspired a bunch of stuff. And when it first came out, I'm sure it blew people away. Now, yeah, it was a little bit of stuff like, all right, mm -hmm. let's get going here. Like that gross guy eating the peaches. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, my number seven is, hey, that's cool. Let's sit here and watch porn for 15 minutes. Like that went on really long. I mean, yeah, all those really <laughs> weird stag films that yes. felt like they were made for the movie yes yeah it didn't seem like they were already released films because they were kind of doing like the fake film grain and stuff like it, it was it was really weird it was just going on way too long from like, like i get it this guy's horny everyone's horny apparently women aren't around I, but it just like it went on forever i was like all right but I know this is, like I said, speaking of exploitive and grindhousey, I don't know. Maybe that's what they were going for with this. But hmm. that's my number seven. Scott. Okay. Uh, my number seven is uh, just a wasted premise here of it's post-apocalypse, a post-apocalypse. And there's this dumb kid and a, and a dog and they have... This telepathic communication. And I wasn't sure at first of whether he was crazy or whether it was actually happening. <laughs> yeah. But, but they verify eventually that that they verify right away that the dog is actually there, and then they at one point verify that he can actually talk to dogs. Um, when do they verify his, that? When the the small dog in the underground. Yeah. Because that's not only does uh, Vic try to talk to that dog, but then later on, the other guy, like the governor or the lead guy from the council, yeah, is Jason actually Roberts. talking to the dog. It's like, all right, what did you, what'd you talk about? What'd you tell him? Yeah, yeah but he never. Okay, he talked to him, but you don't really know if he could actually communicate. Oh, well, ver with him, verifying right? at least that 
people know that people can talk to dogs. Yeah. Okay. Because I was still unsure at the end of this if he... There's definitely a dog there, but if he was actually talking with the dog or if he was just crazy and the dog was just doing dog stuff and he just thought he was obeying him and doing stuff. And so he tried to talk to the other dog. The other dog didn't talk back to him. Yeah. Right. But you're yeah. right. I, I, but what you're saying is if other people, it's a known thing that people can talk to dogs, I guess. Um, fair fair enough. Yeah. The, so the premise actually makes like the way the plot plays out makes sense in that Don Johnson's character, Vic, is just an absolute moron. So the only thing he's going to use the dog for is trying to get laid, which is, is very much a euphemism, by the way, uh, for what he's actually going around doing. Um, mm. Instead of like exploring this this new wasteland, and I realize there's budget concerns, and who knows what the, the Harlan uh, Ellison short story or novella like delved into as far as uh, how, how broad the, the setting was. Uh, but it just felt like a whole wasted setup to everything. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's one of many things that, that left me cold. Okay, fair enough. Alex, number six. Uh, my number six is the influence that it had on uh, Fallout and its, and its uh, shaping of the series. Uh, it made me want to play the games all over again. It's like, yeah, because in the series, you meet a dog pretty much right away called dog meat, not blood. There's no psychic connection, but um, I always in Fallout games, I always can't wait to meet the dog. Uh, traveling the wasteland, the vault, which was pretty awesome. It's like, OK, I can see where they got the influences from some of the some of the places you visit in the games also. So I really dug that. It was, it was very um, what you would call it, nostalgic to play the games again. Okay. Yeah, I've always heard good things, but never got around to playing them. All right. Um, just uh, my number six is the uneasiness of the rapiness at the beginning of this movie or throughout mm. the movie, I guess. But yeah, like, okay, the main character we're rooting for here is just he gets down there and he's upset that she's killed, not because she got killed, just because he could have had a few chances with her before they did that. Like, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you, Jeff. I have more to say about it later. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So like our protagonist is a rapey son of a bitch. And I guess they're, they're trying to set up. That's what life is like, I guess. I, I don't know. But it was beginning. I think this movie rounded out and I liked it more than I thought it was. But the beginning, especially with all that stuff was. So so the, what, what I would say to that, Jeff, is. Like, yes, it make it makes sense again in the setting, just just like I was saying with the like why I like how he uses the dog. That that doesn't mean I'm gonna enjoy <laughs> watching it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And I just think they kind of went away from it later on in the movie, so it wasn't as in your face um, as it was in the beginning. But it was still, yeah. Did not like that. That's my number six. <laughs> Got number five. Uh. My number five is the. Oh wait, my, my number six. Six, sorry, yeah, sorry. Number six. Is uh, just how weird the underground was. Um, it just kind of left me shaking my head. Um, you know, it, part of it was again. There, there's obviously 
low budget concerns going on here. They filmed pretty much three quarters of the movie at a school somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hence the, the marching band too, I guess. Um, but yeah, just all of it, just except for the, uh, the, the Michael character, like I just, I wasn't feeling any of the, like the weirdness down there. And, and, and I realize mileage varies and all this stuff. Like there's other, there's plenty of other movies where I do enjoy stuff just being weird for no reason. Um, but yeah, just like the face paint, like it just felt like, like a cheap way to show that they were weird. Um, again, the marching band, uh, made, I don't think it was supposed to make sense, but, um, just didn't, didn't do it for me. All the, uh, the, the weird, uh, just like the bathtub scene, um, that I'm talking about going on too long, like Alex yeah. was talking about earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Just all the close-ups on them eating food and watching him getting a bath. Oh, that bathtub scene. I forgot what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just such a big part of the movie. And I just, none of the, like the, that setting like was doing anything for me. Okay. I hmm. kind of, I enjoyed it. I have a little more to say about it later, but it was, Same. it's dated, but I don't know if it's, if I, We'll talk about it later. So, yeah. All right. Alex, number five. My number five is I liked the the lighter music that they had for such a dark tone. I like it when uh, movies do that where you got a dark subject matter, dark everything. But the song is like pretty light and everything. Kind of a, like, like a little country Western tune that you can twang to. You can twang to? Yeah, you can twang. Twang. It's got some twang to it. The music did not stick out to me, so oh, it was only when it was at the top, like they played a song a little bit while they were traveling, and then at the very end again, just to um, pretty much as as an opposite, just to juxtapose the the serious and the depression, <laughs> the, the the pressing scene that played out. Yeah, that was good. All right, um, my number five is. I know it's the 70s, but uh, there is some possible animal abuse in this movie with the dog fight. I, I Yeah. It looked pretty. You know, sometimes you can have dogs that are just plain, look like you're fighting. There was like tufts of fur flying in the air. Those dogs, I think, were really fighting. I didn't like yeah, that. that was, I think that was the most uncomfortable that, made me, <laughs> that the movie made me. Yeah. Like, at least those, Don Johnson had to step in there, really break up the dog fight. Yeah. Like. That I don't know. So you guys felt the same way. That looked like there were really dogs fighting, right? Like that didn't look like dogs play fighting. That looked pretty rough to me. Yeah, yeah. It looked, it looked like there were real dogs fighting. Yeah, I did not like that. Um, and then <laughs> that's a pretty good makeup job because they cut to the to blood. And he's fucking bloody as hell. He's all holes in him and everything. I was like, Eesh. yeah, I not like that. Obviously, Poor that blood. was makeup. I get it. Oh, I hope it was makeup. Yeah. Fuck, they're really doing <laughs> dog fights. Who the fuck knows? But, um, yeah, that's my number five. Did not like the dog fighting. A little too real because I think it was. Scott, mm-hmm. <laughs> number five. Okay. My number five, speaking of the, the dogs, uh, I have <laughs> the dog dar. <laughs> Just the weird radar oh. <laughs> sound when, when the dog is yeah, like <laughs> using its telepathic slash dog powers um it just i got tired of that right away 
Um, yeah. Let's talk more about that. Just the actual telepathy. Um, it, it, it was it was too much. <laughs> I felt like so, I was watching Shag- the Shaggy Dog or something like that. So was he supposed to be using the sixth sense, or was he just using his dog senses? And it was just that was just audio cue to know that he I was think, doing that. I think so. I think it was a combination of all three. Yeah, where I think he I did think so have too. some like extra sensory ability, but he actually he actually did try to sniff stuff out. Yeah, um, or maybe he actually had mm-hmm. to sniff to get the other powers to kick in. But yeah, just the the actual sound effect was just some bullshit, like it sci-fi beeps. sound effect that they threw <laughs> in there. Yeah, that, that got annoying very quickly, and at points didn't make sense. Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's from an old classic. It's like Children of the not Children of the Corn. Um, what's the one with the kids and they take over the town? I know it's like Children of the Corn, but before uh, that, the, it sounds we like know. Children oh, of the Corn. your secrets. Yeah, that one. It's black and white, and they have glowing eyes. And Christopher Reeve was in the remake. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I forget the name of that movie, but I felt like the same sound effect as from that one. Also, it's the same sound effect from the. Um, or very similar, uh, Damien, whenever he's like looking at the oh. Rottweilers and that oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> music would come up. Um, but yeah, I have an audible mention, Scott. I have stupid sound effects. It's not, it's not like <laughs> Village of the Damned? Or is that different? Yes, I think oh, it is Village of the, the Damned. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Nice. Good pull. All right, Alex, <laughs> number four. My number four is... Yeah, well, it was very, very uncomfortable... But it's been a while since a movie has made me uncomfortable. But Vic's introduction was very jarring, like you guys said. From, you know, an emotional standpoint, yeah, I hated it. It was like, Jeebus H, this is, yeah, this is the main character. Uh, But from uh, filmmaking and story making, I thought it was a pretty interesting move. I know it might have been like a, a, a shock value type of thing. Let's make it shocking for shocking's sake. But um, seeing a, a main character that was just an honest to goodness, maybe not evil, but a, a real just son of a bitch that does not value who doesn't have the same value of human life that most people would because of this world. And because, you know, he's pretty much the blood's pet, essentially. Uh, I thought was uh, interesting, a good choice for this film. And like I said, it's been stolen. I mean, I, th- I know in the last Mad Max movie, it's pretty much a very similar thing. Watching from a distance as bad stuff happens to other people and just mm-hmm. going into basically be a vulture and get the remains and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, but this one takes it to like yes, a little bit does. of a next level where he just he's just looking at the whole situation and he's depressed. And then you think like oh he probably put her out of her misery or maybe buried the bodies it's like man why'd they have to cut her up yeah could have used her three or three two or three more times like jesus age that was my jaw dropped on that it's like holy crap yeah all right uh my number four is um the wtf clown makeup or whatever they're wearing i still don't understand it do they? Is there a payoff to the why they're all wearing? Nope. <laughs> Clown makeup. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, I think it was just part of the whole controlling the town and overbearing, like rigid cult like rules for everything. Um. To me, it, to me, it felt like to me. <laughs> um, uh-huh. 
that the I think maybe the original idea might have been that because they were like as they explain in the movie they've been underground for so many generations that they were supposed to be like super pale and they just couldn't afford to do that makeup so this was the alternative like the cheap way to show them looking different than everybody else I mean, yeah, that's reasonable. Maybe, but, but the girl didn't really have that. Right. Well, they barely made her put on makeup, by the way, which is bullshit. Yeah, I just think she can't put makeup on the pretty girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I just, I, the, the the WTF I said on the, and the clown makeup. A lot of times when I make my notes as I watch, especially a new movie like this, and then I'll go back, oh, they explain it. So it's no longer an issue. But this one, I, I never got a explanation for it. No, so. they just fucked up. Which is sometimes good in a movie. You don't have to explain yeah. everything. But in this one, I thought it was a little, Everybody little weird. And they never explained what the farm was, right? Nope. Yeah. They did? It's when, when it's, it kind of has to do like with the expression, you buy the farm. Send them to the farm means execute them or kill well, them. Right. No, I got that. But it was like supposed to be like a specific thing. But they don't really explain. No. I don't think so. I think it was just a, a form of saying kill them without saying kill them. Well, no, because they, they, they go through this whole thing about they, they, those first people they judge, they're going to send to the farm. They'll, yes. they'll say like, uh, oh, we'll tell them it was a heart attack or something. So there is like these people living there do think that there is some kind of farm. I'm sure they do. Only to ease, yeah, maybe there is, but only to ease them so that they won't panic that they're dying. Right. I get, I get what you're saying. I, I understand what they, <laughs> that, that, that when the characters are saying, saying the farm, that means they're going to be killed. But I'm saying like, they all think that some, there is a, some version of a farm. Right. It's like Running Man, last year's losers. They think they're getting off, right? They think they're getting out or the island is a better example. If you ever watched that crappy Michael Michael Bay movie, they all think they're going somewhere, but what they're going to is the operating table to get their organs. Spoiler alert for a shitty Michael Bay movie that happened 20 Mm. years ago. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think I remember Scott, like, you're right. Obviously, they're they're, they're getting executed, but like, what do they think? What do people think the farm is? Like, I, I never really... And yeah, now, you know, in this place, you know are they eating them? Is that a thing? I thought about. I don't that. think so because they had that big cemetery shot. Okay. Uh, but maybe, maybe that's just for show. But I think no, I think you're right, Scott. Where they call it the farm, and pe- so that people don't know, it's like, oh, okay, we're just going to go up to the farm, and nope, they're dead. I mean, they clearly were talking about that water treatment plant that they filmed Don Johnson running through. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, Scott, number four. Uh, but number four, uh, you, Alex has already talked a bit about quite a bit about this, but this movie projects a lot of pastiche. So um, yes, you can definitely see its thumbprint on the Fallout series, on the the Mad Max Road Warrior stuff, um, and just kind of like post post apocalyptic like film and TV that came after. Uh, you know, just this idea of people running around the desert uh, with, with all these makeshift clothes, um, you know, scrounging through tin cans of, of food. And, 
yeah, so I, I don't know if this was like the first movie to do and do all this stuff, but um, I'll, I'll give it credit that it, it definitely was laying the, like helping to lay the groundwork for a lot of things that came afterward. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that score, um, yeah, it does, it deserves some, some credit. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see if you're growing up and you're a big sci-fi nerd and there's, this is pre star Wars, this is pre everything. I can see how you'd, be, you'd love this right. movie. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, even like, and to take the, uh, like what well, even walking dead steals from this stuff with these, these close knit camps, not underground, but there are these little, uh, yeah, little, yeah, little communities. Going, yeah. Little communities where they have yeah. these weird leaders and they're judging people and they'll um, take what, people in. And when, when was night of living dead? What year? Oh, that was in the sixties, I believe. Yeah. Okay. They fit what I, I know that, Trivia is the day they finished filming was the day that Martin Luther King was murdered. So, which I don't know, 69, right? All that shit happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quote unquote, summer of love. Summer of love, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, they, they, they do allude 68. To, to zombies or mutants or something like that in this movie. Yeah, screamers. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing they never paid off. Damn, I wanted to see the screen. I completely forgot about them until right now. It probably didn't have the budget to make like glowing radioactive zombies. Hmm. Maybe this is a book I'll actually read. It's a yeah, novella, after all. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean it's in Spanish? <laughs> with, hot, with hot weather girls? Yeah. All right. Alex, number three. My number three is uh, for a second there. <laughs> I forgot that this was a 70s movie, and the depressing ending was. Awesome. I loved it. It's been a while since I've seen a, a, a movie that had a really downer ending and reminds you that, oh, right, this may, even though they shied away from it a little bit during the middle of the movie, the main character is a real son of a bitch. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And it uh, makes me wonder I mean, has he done that to other people? Probably. Well, that's what I was bringing up earlier. Like maybe the farm was they would just eat people because obviously this guy eats people. So I, yeah. And Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Nonchalant. They were talking at the end. It's like, man, it, it, she told me she loved me. She never. Nobody ever told me she loves me. It's like, well, it's like, well, you didn't eat any of it. <laughs> it's like, you're not hungry. It's like, no, nah, I just don't feel like eating right now. Yeah. All right. Shivers. Uh, my number three is The Vault. What, I, while it is maybe kind of poorly done and stuff with the, the clown makeup, I just do like that concept. And like I said, since it's one of the earliest things that I like going, knowing now that it is one of the earliest versions, I like that because it's done. It may be done better in other movies, but if it was one of the first, I do appreciate it. And the speaker system, which... I think it was done a little bit too much in this movie because it was kind of yeah. drowning out some of the, the dialogue, which I don't know if it was supposed to or not. Oh, God, it was, that, that whole sequence when he first panned them having like the picnic or whatever. Yeah. And like yeah. the marching band's going and the speaker's going and the, the barbershop quartet is singing. is like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah, it's Christ. It's like a cacophony of like, something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was that main guy's voice that was being broadcast, right? So, like, when he's talking and that's – I'm like, I can't tell what the fuck's going on right now. 
might as well be have a British accent because that's how confused I was. But <laughs> um, but I still kind of mm-hmm. like that. And that's been used plenty in other movies. And it was actually <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, Laura and I were at Costco during the pandemic and it was early on. And they had they had a speaker basically like just announcing constantly on a loop. Please stay six feet away from each other, please. And she looks like this is something where it's some weird sci-fi movie. I'm like, I yeah. know, right? <laughs> and that's what this totally reminded me of, too. So, or you will be sent to the farm. <laughs> yeah, um, but just the, the concept that it, you know that there is people living underground. Uh, they have this weird cult going on. They, I don't know. Did they explain why the men were going sterile after a while? Like, because of sunlight, vitamin just, D, I or something? Yeah, maybe sunlight that's, that's actually reading. it's actually a really good uh, explanation, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean. You go down there at first and you can see, oh, there's lots of girls down here and he's all happy. And then you always, there's always an under, under seedy underbelly. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, Vault is my number three. Scott. Okay. My number three is the, uh, the, the Michael robot. Uh, <laughs> robot. I, I was pleasantly surprised yeah. that, that he turned out to be a robot. Because... Uh, when he, he he goes like full like seventy slasher movie and crushing yeah. people's faces, I'm like, that doesn't look that doesn't make any sense. But whatever, I get it. He's like strong and he's crazy, and then he starts walking after them, and he is just like shrugging off bullets. I at first I was like, oh, like is it, then it all kind of made sense as to how how did this uh, what was it the committee. How do they maintain power? Because it's just like three old people, right? So, like, what were they doing? Mm-hmm. Um, they just had the one guy, um, and then eventually his leg gets shot out, and he starts sparking the back. And uh, Jason Robards actually has a really funny line about how, "Oh, get get another Michael out of storage, and let's make sure this one doesn't smile all the time." Or yeah, <laughs> to tell the engineers not to make him damn smile. Yeah, yeah like. That that I enjoyed is like weird sci-fi. Like that was like one of the few things that landed for me. Yeah. This this silent uh, goon turned out to be a robot. A robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was I was not expecting that. A little twist of the little Terminator action at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, Alex, number two. My number two is also the vault, the down under, as they call it. Um, yeah, I think the face paint threw me off at first, but it did become old and it didn't make a whole lot of sense after a bit. But I like all of the rest of the weirdness, audio cacophony aside, that they were trying to stay in this like little slice of Americana bubble with everybody, all the guys wearing the same overalls and uh, like flannel outfits, all the girls wearing the same Sunday dresses um the uh <laughs> i don't know if you guys are gonna have the uh the reason why they kidnapped vic on your lists no i Anyone? don't know okay because <laughs> i love that whole scene yeah. he's like where they explain to him it's like well after a while we need some fresh blood he's like oh you just want me to come down here and knock up all your broads <laughs> all right well light them up and you it was first. just yeah dead silent and then the lady just starts cackling <laughs> like out of nowhere. It's like, oh, my gosh, what the fuck is going on? 
And it reminded me of the joke that I saw in Mr. Show about the milking machine. If you guys remember that one. I don't. I do not. <laughs> Where I guess this is an old joke also, but uh, this guy goes to the farm, seeks shelter, and the farmer goes, okay, uh, you can stay in my barn, but don't go sticking your willy into these three holes. And so the guy's like, okay, that's no big deal. But then the more he thought about it, it's like, huh, I don't know. So he, he sticks his willy into the first hole and it feels pretty good. He sticks his willy into the second hole and it feels even better. He sticks his willy into the third hole <laughs> and it won't let go until it ripped his dick off. Because there was a, on the first hole, it was the farmer's da- uh, wife. In the second hole, behind that was the farmer's daughter. And the third hole was a milking machine that won't let go until it gets 50 gallons of milk. <laughs> So uh, that's all I could think about when poor Vic, who was tied up to that uh, gurney. Contraption. <laughs> yeah, just getting milked. God, they showed it too. It yeah, it didn't need, didn't need that. <laughs> yep. That was, there's a lot of disturbing visuals in this movie. Yeah, that was pretty gross. But kind of good for this movie. Yeah. It, it worked. Yeah, I mean, it fit the tone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, uh, my number two is the dog, good and bad. Um, I'm always a sucker for a dog sidekick in a movie. As Scott already mentioned, the sound effect whenever he was doing his shinning, whatever the fuck he was doing. (laughs) Shedding. And then, like, just his voice just didn't work. I I just didn't really... But I I liked I like what he was saying for the most part. I just didn't like the voice actor maybe or the way they edited it in. But then I was also wasn't sure like they had telepathy stuff going on sometimes. But then sometimes Don Johnson was talking to him. I I was at the very beginning of the movie. I was confused who the fuck's talking. And then I was like, okay, well, please don't tell me it's the dog. No, okay, it's the fucking dog. And then I liked it, but then I don't know. So I was a little confused about what. <laughs> was going on there and then like i said i I like the sense of humor of the dog i just i think i don't like i didn't like the act the voice actor but just because it wasn't buck yeah (laughs) it wasn't cheech marion or the other guy that voiced buck (laughs) but i am right that sometimes don johnson talks to him and other times he just like i feel like like in the beginning yeah like, like you're saying that they were doing the mind thing but then after that he's always just talking out loud yeah, I think it's just when he needs to be quiet when he's stalking like his prey or going hunting or something. Or maybe he just unconsciously just on and off, like switching to a different language. But the dog is obviously not talking back because when he's having conversations in front of the girl, she can't hear him. Correct. Right. Yeah, right. The dog's all mental, but Don Johnson is both. Yeah. So. All right. Blood, the dog is my number two. Scott. Okay, uh, finally get around to this, but uh, number two, fuck every character in this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody's an irredeemable asshole. Yeah, it's just uh, on on one hand, it just starts off if it was just Don Johnson's character, you could be like, okay, this is unpleasant, but this is the story they wanted to tell, even if I'm not enjoying it. But then they kind of hand wave all that by. By having the the woman that he's totally gonna rape, like turn mm-hmm. out to be the one who's like trying to troll him into getting sucked in the underground, um, like literally, yeah, yeah, <laughs> quite literally, yes. Um, and it turns out that she's more evil than him, where whereas he's just just kind of 
I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he, it's hard to to apply like the evil tag to him just because he's so dumb, and maybe he doesn't know. But but like right off the bat, he already's like starting to he's like feeling guilty about that he's gonna rape her because she's like making eye contact with him. Um, mm-hmm. So fuck him. But uh, like she's got all these plans for murder, whereas he he just doesn't. Just because it comes up, like I don't know which is worse. Um, yeah, just they're all just they're all irredeemable, and then like all the other characters are just a post-apocalyptic evil, you know, just like this cartoonish level of like weird uh, like mm-hmm. immorality. Um, Dig, dig, damn you! And yeah, I just did not like any character other than, other than Michael, the Michael robot. <laughs> no lines um uh you know what about the dog i didn't even like the dog oh i mean he is a dog i liked i liked the dog actor because he was like doing some really cool shit like when he was like hobbling around yeah uh, i'm like wow this dog's like really good um oh, i'm sure no in these guys they probably broke its paw yeah God. i probably did ask it's like, oh. uh, but I like the 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 speaking dog yeah he you know he's telling telling him to like ditch the woman yeah you know, leave just the look out for number one um yeah but know. that is very wild dog like right but like Ooh. it's I, I i don't enjoy it like i'm not oh, saying sure. it doesn't make sense but yeah i, I just like at no point like i i, I feel like i have a hard time with stuff when there's like no no character i can get behind um and then that's what this movie was. So yeah. fair enough. I agree with you. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, just just in general, if like the very first thing you you're really introduced to your character doing is getting set up to rape. Like yeah. it just nah. No. It, the only time that ever worked was the 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 one guy in Blazing Saddles. <laughs> or the, the who said he 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 liked rape so much that he mentioned it twice on his C V. Uh, I like uh, rape. It's cover letter. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, just on spec for like a, as a character trait that's going to carry your movie. Eh. Yeah. Like I said, and I agree with you. Like, I think I mentioned before, like, one of the reasons I stopped watching Walking Dead, other than the fact that it got bad, but the group that we're supposed to like starts doing some really terrible shit. And so I was like, okay, so the guys, everyone else is bad. Now the people that I like are bad and murder and murderous scumbags. Like I don't need to watch this anymore. Yeah. The world will do that to you. Yeah. Well, I don't need to watch it. (laughs) The world will do it. Yeah. We're going to be living it in four years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Alex, number one. Number one is the relationship between Vic and Blood, the partnership, the agreements that they had. Uh, that That's the part that I like the best. Them running around the wasteland, uh, Blood trying to teach him history and what happened in World War Four that only lasted five days. Um, them talking to each other, roughing it out during the thunderstorm, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But the history... God, this movie's so freaking old. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to make like a Trump joke. Fuck, they didn't even know Reagan was going to be president. They were making Kennedy (laughs) jokes. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kennedy. Kennedy. I was like, oh my God, I I didn't even, I knew it was old. I guess I just, you forget about how how much time has gone since then. I was like, 
oh, maybe they'll make a stupid actor joke and maybe it'll happen to be. Nope, it was <laughs> Nixon, Ford, and Kennedy, 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 Kennedy. Yep. All right, sorry, is that it? I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, yep. Okay. All right, uh, mine is the ending. Um, I, I actually really enjoyed it, as dark as it is. Um, when she, you know, when she's, when, as soon as she said, we'll just leave him. I was like, oh, fuck you, bitch. That's his dog. <laughs> yeah, even though the dog was saying the same thing about her. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he just met her. Yeah. And she's evil to begin with. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool. And then I was like, oh, as soon as I heard like a, fi- like a fire pit, right? You hear the fire pit before you see anything. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're eating this girl. Mm hmm. And then, like, the last thing, oh, that was in bad taste. Or they made a taste joke or something. <laughs> yeah. That was... Her choice in men if it had a bad taste or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they both giggled. <laughs> and I was like, oof, that's hilarious. Yeah, too soon. Yeah, something like, you know, excellent judgment, but very poor taste. There yeah. you go. <laughs> that's what it was. Oh, man. Uh, I liked it. I liked it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Blood and was like, loyal. He is loyal to each other, and uh, yeah, he stayed there, almost starved to death. Yeah, so the ending and eating the girl, and as I said, the the part that guy I mentioned. Did I say this already? The fact that they were willing to eat her made me think that maybe the farm was eating people because I I don't know how much they're growing down there. Yeah, that's Which true. I do like when you were talking about over the hill, and they're basically reciting. Um, what song is that now? Where the buffalo... Ro- Are they doing that song? Whatever about how it's... Oh, yeah, it's food just magically grows from the ground and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they wouldn't know what that is, but I guess they definitely aren't doing it underground. No sunlight. How I saw that? a couple orange trees, I think. Maybe they have some UV lights. Maybe. But then mm. they wouldn't have problems with vitamin D. No, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. All right, Scott, number one. Uh, number one is, is also the ending. Um, as I was watching it and he's laying there and he's talking about how uh, the cat, how he hasn't eaten and he looks at her and I was like, are they going to eat her? Like, is he going to kill her and then they're going to eat her? And then it yeah, cuts to the next scene. I'm like, holy shit, they did it. <laughs> like, really, really the only thing I think took any real amount of like, like balls in this movie to like, um, I'm like okay, well that was an interesting take, and then I, I finally kind of understood why this might be a cult classic just because of that final scene and the the gallows humor about how she she had bad taste and mm-hmm. um, how they they even used the the dress she had yeah. straight up as like a, a bandage on the dog, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and and like just I, I did like how how. Uh, Vic's character or Don Johnson's character Vic was kind of like already over it <laughs> like it's just <laughs> yeah. how dumb he is that he's like well that happened let's move on to the mm-hmm. next thing it's time uh, to go to the promised land yeah just yeah the, the got real real dark there at the end I mean not not that all the rapey shit isn't Dark, but mm-hmm. you know, dark and and something that was so, that resembled being enjoyable. Eating people is enjoyable. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, there you go, folks. All right. So I have one question. So when they're at the 
watching all those stag films and only um, Blood is able to sniff out the the girl. That it mentioned that, like, how come you're the only one to be able to do it? And then later on, you find out that they've been tracking him and they kind of like, was that a, did they plant all that somehow? And that's like they the screamers did. were gone and that's why she was in there by all her by herself. Do we know? Yeah, I, th- I think so. They, they didn't explain the whole plan, just that it was her job to lure him specifically down. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was the bait. I don't know. Um, I, I have a question just, mm-hmm. just about people's eyesight because they're all like flat desert and nobody can fucking see each other. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the sun scorched their eyes so much that they have all they're all nearsighted. It's like except for Don Johnson. Like Vic's like laying on the ground watching the that first group of whatever the hell they were like digging. Yeah. It's like how can they not see him? And then the people following Don Johnson in the in the hospital booties, uh like they're just standing out there too. Like yeah. Oh shit. So are those the people from the underground then? Yeah. Yeah. I completely forgot about them. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, yeah. Scrubs on their feet and their pants were immaculate. That's why I thought they were shady. It's like, oh, they're not wearing dirty clothes. Hmm. But that's where they yeah, never came up again. Yeah, they had that one scene. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. And then what about the guy he steals the food from, the weirdo? Like, But that never came back either. Like, I thought for nope. sure that was going to come back. Yeah. Nope. Okay, you took my food. Let him go. Like, what? Because huh. he respects him because he's got some balls. He likes balls. <laughs> all right. Well, for honorable mentions, you guys named all of them already. The, last, the only one I had was like uh, one of the gunfights. Uh, just you can see the sparks coming out of the guns. They were like using cap guns or whatever. It looked really bad. <laughs> What's the wire work in some of that? Some of those shots. Oh yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen stuff like that since what was it? Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis. What or the Last Stand with Bruce Willis? I think it was Last Man Standing. Yeah, yeah, a lot of wire work within that movie. Well, the, and Red the, the only wire work was like those two guys that got flew off the the stairs when he shot him. Yeah, but still. All right. Anything else? Nope. nope. All right. Let's rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven, one being garbage, seven being perfection. Alex, what do you rate this movie? I'm going to give this movie a solid five. Um, it's definitely uncomfortable. It's not something you're going to watch uh, probably ever again. But it's nice to see where it's one of those movies that it's nice to see how it influenced uh, other arts, movies, video games and media later on that I really do enjoy. Okay, fair enough. Basically for those same reasons, but I'll give it a little, I'll give it a four. Um, there's a lot to not like in this movie, <laughs> but because it's groundbreaking and I don't know if it's groundbreaking is the right word, but there's a lot of this that led to a lot of other stuff. And I did enjoy the ending, especially um, it's got a dog in it. Of course I like that. So I gave <laughs> it a four. Scott. Uh, I was not feeling this movie at all. Um, <laughs> the, the only reason it doesn't get a one for me um, and, and keeps a, a two, which is what I'll give it, um, wow. is, is because Damn. of the the influence that it eventually, the positive influence that it eventually generated um, and the, the joke at the end. 
But yeah, I just, yeah, I was just not into this movie at all. Um, this is your yeah, dune. No, so again, I think I think the thing that I think I would have enjoyed it more. The I don't want to say this was competently made, but there there was enough like the scenes were put together enough that it, it kind of loses a lot of its uh, like any charm it might have had. Um, it, it just was like a slog of like me not caring about what was happening at any point in the movie. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to think of this as Scott's lowest rated movie. I think it might be. Uh, no. Lawnmower Man was a two. <laughs> what should I give Dune a yeah, two? Yeah, that piece yeah. of shit. <laughs> what did I give that? A seven? You gave it a two as well. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's terrible. Wait, did, we, did, did I really give Lawnmower Man a two? Yeah. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan's first worst film. That movie was just so. At least that one had like some laughable shit in it. <laughs> Yeah. Like I would the pick Lawnmower Man over over this like any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Scott also gave Dune a two. Yeah. Oh dang. But I gave it a one. <laughs> I think I'm the only one who's given a one out so far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought I thought about giving this one a one, but I'm you know I got to save that for something that. Not, okay, so this oh. so the difference is like Dune just like made me angry at how like much I disliked it. This I just dislike it in such a like I don't care kind of way I need to find that one that's actively making me angry and yeah <laughs> makes like me, hate it makes me like like hate everything that I'm watching and not care about mm-hmm. anything that's gonna happen mm-hmm. Scott you also gave a, a two to short circuit yep <gasps> and the barbarians which I think was your movie so <laughs> there's no way I gave the barbarians a two that's what it says here because there's two barbarians. Yeah. Really? What, what did we Part all give barbarians since we were talking about this? Alex and I gave it threes. So you gave it a two. Huh. You sure, you sure that wasn't... You sure that wasn't like... Maybe I screwed up and put myself down as a two when you... When yeah, I'm you looking at my personal notes. So it is possible I, I, I recorded <laughs> it wrong. But I, is, every, every episode, I, I write down all our scores. Uh, you also gave Jingle All the Way a two. We all gave it a two, actually. <laughs> uh, RIP I'm, so, I'm honestly surprised at the amount of twos that I've given out. Yeah, me too. Hey oh. Hey oh. Me four. Hey oh oh. Okay. It's on to our crossover topic, which is what, Alex? Our top five animal sidekicks. Let's this start was off. Surprisingly difficult. Yeah, I didn't want to make it all about dogs. There, are, there, there, there was a couple dogs that made it in here, but not too many. Mine's not all about just dogs. Just four out of five. <laughs> I just have two dogs in here. And my first one is dog meat from Fallout because I can't help it. <laughs> this movie just smacks a Fallout. And I love dog meat. That's gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that dog is awesome. He's like, oh, go fetch me some ammo or something. He brings it right back. All right. All right, so we said animal sidekicks, right? Yes. Do they have to be sidekicks? Because I had a really hard time. So, uh, well, companions. We'll, we'll, see. We'll, we'll wait for the for the judges to come back on that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, my first cheat is Chewbacca. Oh, it's che- <laughs> no, that's, that's that's a second cheat, Scott. My first cheat <laughs> is Shadow Facts from Lord of the Rings, and it's he's barely even. 
he's no, barely that, in the 100% movies. counts, Jeff. Yeah, okay. that does count. All right. Yeah. Only because I think Scott probably has it in his list I or something. I, I would actually put Breger first, but anyway. Which one? Is that Aragorn's horse? Aragorn's horse, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't know the name of that horse, so there you go. But Shadowfax, Gandalf's horse. Oh, man. One of my favorite... <laughs> Uh, all my all my scenes from other things are like my favorite scenes, but the, the Shadowfax shows the meaning of haste. Ah, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. He probably has the best intro of any horse in a movie, too. Yeah, yeah. horse porn. It's got like say backlit like Jesus or whatever yeah. you always say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Shadowfax the. The, the god of all horses, or what does Gandalf king, say? The king, of all, the king of all horses. And then Legolas, that's one of the mirrors, unless my elven eyes deceive me. <laughs> Even he's a racist. <laughs> mm-hmm. He doesn't um, say elven, he just says my eyes. Ah, uh, oh, damn it. All right, well. But that's the implication. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Dennis. All right, uh, Alex. Are we sorry, Scott, number five. Uh, one from my childhood... Uh, from a cartoon uh, that eventually was a mainstay of Nickelodeon uh, from Inspector Gadget, the real hero of the show. Oh, damn. Just yeah. not Inspector Gadget nope. or even Penny. Nope. But, but Brain. Uh, oh, that poor bastard. The dog that carried the, the load, constantly saving both of them. Um, was never given credit. Uh, he was smarter than well, I don't know if he's smarter than Penny necessarily, but certainly smarter than than Gadget. But that's not saying much. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had the the collar that doubled up as like a radio antenna. Uh, yeah, saved that. He's probably voiced by Frank Welker because everything else, every animal ever has been voiced by Frank Welker. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, brain. Wait, nice. He didn't talk, right? He no, but, but he, he made make, dog he noises. Make, he would make like. Extra dog noises. Okay. All right. Uh, Alex, number four. Uh, speaking of Frank Welker, my number four is also a childhood cartoon dog, Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Nice. That's uh, my number three. Even in this last movie, uh, the 3D Scooby-Doo movie that just came out, uh, he actually, Frank Welker gets a lot to do because he actually has Scooby talk in full sentences and shit, which uh, I didn't necessarily like. But it's a Scooby movie. I mean, Scooby always talked. What are you talking about? No, but he would say phrases every once in a while. Like, Raggy? And, and, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Stuff like that. But in this one, he was saying, well, I don't know, Yaggy. What are we going to do? And shit like that. <laughs> I could have sworn he talked in the original series a lot. He said, like, single words I mean, or phrases. I mean, like, he would say, like, full things. No. Oh no! Like that's why. That's why. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's why this movie caught me by surprise. Like, holy shit! It's Scooby's no, talking like a lot. I mean, he's no Scrappy. Yeah, he's no Scrappy Doo. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh, like Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if we're going with cartoon dogs. Uh, mm-hmm. My number four is Snoopy. He's, I don't know if he's Charlie Brown's sidekick or Charlie Brown is his sidekick, but and I don't know where Woodstock fits into all this, but <laughs> Snoopy. Um, yeah, anything with a dog. And I loved Snoopy as a kid. So 
Snoopy is my number mm-hmm. four. And he fought the Red Baron, for Christ's sake. I know, yeah. He yeah. fought World War One. <laughs> and he plays hockey. That's two, two, two big check marks in Snoopy's favor. <laughs> All right, Scott. All right. Uh, my number four um, in my non-dog entry uh, is from a, uh, a Bioware game, believe it or not. Uh, oh. From the late 90s. Yoshi. Uh, actually, two. <laughs> um, based on D&D, uh, Baldur's Gate. There was a ranger oh, barbarian fuck. in yeah. Minsk. Um, I should have thought of this. <laughs> uh, some pretty funny things to say. But he had an animal sidekick, which was a hamster. But thing is, Minsk was super insane. So he always referred to his hamster, whose name was Boo, as a uh, miniature giant space hamster. Um, and we go into <laughs> combat and Minsk would, would call out, go for the eyes, Boo. Go for the eyes. And uh, a, a classic bit of uh, video game. Uh, uh, not lore necessarily, but... Uh, uh, it's Easter egg in future culture, games. Yeah. yeah. And, and that line actually shows up in Mass Effect. Spyware <laughs> yeah. with Tally when she like sends out her drone. Um, she'll tell her drone to go for the eyes. Uh, but uh, yeah, Boone, Boone Minsk. And then nice. once in a while, like you'd hear the, the hamster just like making noises uh, <laughs> as if it was speaking. Uh, good stuff. All right. Alex, number three. My number three is I can't make an animal list without mentioning Beastmaster. So the ferrets from Beastmaster. <laughs> what are the names? I don't know. Ferret one and ferret two. Which one died? Spoilers. Uh, the dad, because the mom had the babies, baby ferrets. They they ripped uh, ripped torn a new one. Rip torn. Yeah, he was the main villain in the Beastmaster movie. Oh, I love those damn ferrets. <laughs> All right. Uh, on to my number three, which was Scooby-Doo. Uh, this was one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. Um, pretty much everything Alex said. He, he was he was terrible. I mean, he, was, he didn't really solve anything. He just got scared <laughs> and got high with Shaggy, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. Man, they made some mean sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, they had yeah, quite, so, uh, quite the appetite for some reason. <laughs> I really haven't watched one and since I was a kid. Like I don't how did anything get solved? They were eating and getting high. I'm pretty sure Fred was banging Velma and uh what's her face the whole time. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I think I think you watched a different version of Scooby Doo than we have, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, because they would always send Shaggy and Scooby out while he always stayed in the van with the girls. I mean, I'm sure they weren't Plain well, Fred, I mean, well, Fred was a lot smarter than Shaggy, so... Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's Scooby-Doo is my number three. Scott. Uh, number three is also dog meat. Um, all the stuff Alex said. So, funny thing, I, I put quite a, amount of to- quite a fair amount of time into Fallout 3. Did multiple playthroughs, and I never ran across the damn dog. Like I don't know what oh, I did wrong. Like I did because I never used a guide. Like I just like play, right? 
And right. yeah, just and then, exploring and then, everything. Like, yeah. Just like when I was bored, like read up on the game. Um, and then like there was talked about getting dog meat and like there being a perk where you get like dog meat pups to replace dog meat if you died. Um, and I'm like, where the fuck is this dog? Because I found everybody else that you can have as like a companion, but I never mm-hmm. found the dog for some reason. And then uh, in Fallout 4, um, you you find the dog right away. Um, it'd be pretty hard not to. Um, that I don't like using dog meat in Fallout 4 because they did they did too good of a job like animating this dog and having the sound effects. So it's just, it's just German <laughs> you shepherd. You send him into Denver, danger. Yeah, yeah and he like, he like yelps and like if, if your companions take too much damage, they'll like, if, if unless you're playing like hardcore and they just die, um, they'll like go mm-hmm. down and they'll be just kind of limping around. And it's fine if it's a human character, but if it's the <laughs> dog, he's just like yelping and he's like dragging his hind legs, he can't move. It's like, ah, oh, I don't want to have to see that. <laughs> yeah, like I'll I'll decapitate people and blow up limbs all day long, but like I don't want to I don't I don't want bad things happen to my dog. <laughs> Just give him all the stim packs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He's just in a junkyard. Because yeah, massive. I mean, Fallout Three was so freaking huge. Yeah, he was easily missable, and he's in some junkyard. Then you save him from a bunch of uh, raiders, like Bo Jackson in Art Show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> All right, Alex, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is the Mogwai Gizmo oh, from really uh, Gre- Gremlins. Both movies. <laughs> uh, good old Gizmo. I had a gizmo toy when I was a kid. I loved that thing. Did you feed it after midnight? No, hell no. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two is a cheat. I'm going to say Chewbacca, but I know it's a cheat. <laughs> so if you don't need to get Chewbacca, <laughs> yeah. then, I'll, then I'll say Salacious Crumb, who I would consider a pet of Jabba's. Yeah, I'll accept that. Or the Vorn Scars from... The, the Thrawn trilogy that uh, Talon Card had. I don't know if you oh, remember okay. that, Alex. They were the um, they were force sensing pets. Basically, I vaguely remember that. I could read the trilogy again. So, so Jeff, I I don't think I will allow right. Chewbacca, but if yeah. you want to include any of the Ewoks, <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't do Chewbacca. I'll do the Vorn scores or Salacious Crumb. So, if, if, uh, nerd alert, if you, uh, in the Thrawn trilogy, there was these beasts, and I cannot, Nick can never say their names, the, the Yeslamari or whatever that negate the, the force. A- ASMRs. Yeah. <laughs> they basically negate the force. There's a force bubble that they. I think I actually read that far. They're like worms, right? There's some kind of like, yeah, like sloth worm type creature that are like stuck in trees and that you yeah. have to like take the branches off. And the way they described it, and then there's uh, there's foreign scars, which are force attacking. They use the force. They basically hunted using the, not using the force, but they could sense it somehow. And that's what these Yezlamaris, that was their self-defense mechanism that they could negate the predators. I like that. It was a scientific, I'm using air quotes here, a scientific reason (laughs) why these things coexist. And I always thought that was pretty cool. And then like 
the first time they meet Luke Skywalker, they're going freaking crazy at him. And then Mara Jade, who she's been fine, but all of a sudden she starts getting force force powers again. And all of a sudden they start trying to get her and stuff. It was pretty cool. And then it plays into the end of the movie as well, into the books as well. So um, they have a like Tang and Drang. It was it was some Simpson-esque type characters, the name of these things too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure one was Drang. It was like Drang and Trang or something. Anyway, the Force Guards from the Thrawn trilogy. Scott, number two. All right, number two. Um, more dogs. Uh, I saw Knox before we started uh, the the before you you hopped on Jeff, but uh, because I put this dog on my list, that I went back and rewatched the ending to the Jurassic Bark episode of Futurama. And I really wish I hadn't because <laughs> it fucking kills me every single time. But Seymour uh, yeah. uh, from from Futurama um, really only had an ep- one episode to, to make an impact. And uh, whew, you know, we've talked about this before, um, so I don't really need to say much more. But uh, yeah, as, as good of a, a dog uh, companion as any... That has ever appeared on on film mm-hmm. or in a video game. Uh, He's walking on sunshine now. Yep. <laughs> All right, I'll take your word for it. Alex, number one. My number one, my favorite all-time animal companion is Yakul, the red elk from Princess Mononoke. God damn, I love that deer. That red elk. It's- Awesome, a loyal friend to the end, and it's it's harsh. Like Scott was saying, when Dogby gets injured, it's hard seeing. It's hard. It was hard seeing Yakul with that arrow stuck in his hind leg, and him still trying to follow uh, Ashitaka. Uh, it's heart wrenching, but he makes it. Spoiler alert: he makes it in the end. He does. All right. Uh, well, my number one are multiple, and it would be the Dire Wolves from Game of Thrones. Mm. If I have to pick out one, I guess I'll say Ghost because he's the one that kind of sticks around the longest. But <laughs> all he stays them, alive. Yeah, all of them have moments. Uh, I don't remember all their names now, but the one that brands one that saves him when he's paralyzed and the assassin comes Summer. in. Summer. Summer. Is that Summer? And yeah. Nemeria. Nemeria. Grey Wind. Grey Wind. He has some pretty badass scenes with, yeah. with Rob. Um, but yeah. I think Ghost, I really, uh, Ghost is a cool thing, especially, well, I guess, spoiler alert, when John comes back to life and he, he's the first one to sense it and stuff. So, anyway, the direwolves from Game of Thrones. Remember, boom, remember boom, boom. when it turns out the direwolves weren't that important, other than maybe Summer? I, I know. That's the one thing. They never paid off as much as you wanted yeah, them to. But, yeah. But it was still cool. Uh, that's my number one, Scott. Uh, my number one is a uh, dog from something we watched fairly recently. Uh, the bounty hunter? Yes. I'm a dog. <laughs> I am the dog. I'm the, the big dog. black dog. <laughs> um, from Cowboy Bebop. Uh, I am. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I should have had I on my list too. Uh, who, Damn, that's good. Um, is, you know, no, no, other than, again, Ed. No one ever quite catches on to like 
just how smart the dog really is. Um, but he, um, he does some things throughout the series that are pure gold, uh, that, that I don't want to spoil too much into here, but, um, uh, yeah, valuable member of the, the crew of the Bebop and probably single-handedly like jump-started the whole Corgi craze in, in like people that I know anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the, the queen of England's had that shit forever, but <laughs> I knew about Ayn before I knew about the queen having the Corgi. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> well, that's my number one. Nice. All that's right. good. Nice list, guys. Um, I had two honorable mentions. One, while they called him Dog, he was really a robot, and that was the dog from Half-Life. Oh, that's a good, good pull. But you don't really get to play with him. He doesn't, like, follow you around during the game, so I didn't want to include him. And then... Uh, just any of my random it's not they're not animals but they were animals any of my skeleton pets from everquest so <laughs> out to you kababar or conundrum conundrum i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that wasn't a name <laughs> conundrum <laughs> quite a conundrum naming these skeletons <laughs> so those are my honorable missions um honorable mention to the monkey that saved uh, indiana jones's life when they ratted him out to the nazis no the one that ate the bad dates the one that ratted him well, out to the, the same one, yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's right. The monkey got its comeuppance. Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. Bad dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, HM to Artax. Uh, yeah. What about oh. Falkor? Does yeah. he count? Nah, he's too sentient. Okay. Uh, also, he's also uh, from Always Sunny... Also, uh, and always sunny in Philadelphia, Jack Bauer, the cat. <laughs> Junkyard cat. That was hilarious. Anyway. Also, I was going to say, if we're going by D&D rules, Falcor would, would probably be a magical beast, so it wouldn't count. Yes. Or, or a mount. Instead of a, an animal. What about Cringer? Cringer's a yeah. bitch. <laughs> but I would count Cringer. <laughs> Also a mount. <laughs> well, Cringer oh. wasn't. Battle Cat was. Okay, same thing. All right, it's time for Alex Knows Sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So, Major League Baseball owners voted unanimously to proceed with the 2020 MLB season under the terms of their March 26th agreement with the MLB Players Association. Go on. So, so baseball is coming back? No, no there's a follow-up to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't read that far. I forgot. <laughs> so what happened, Jeff? Well, the players rejected. <laughs> so oh, there you go. <laughs> well, then, baseball's not back, folks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the details. I've been kind of staying away, but I just know that the players don't like what the league is proposing. No, not. 2020, the show. Yeah, we're just gonna have we're just gonna have all the professional baseball players play MLB the show, just like they did in hockey. Yeah, or basketball. And that's how we'll, that's how we'll determine the real winners. <laughs> um. So yeah, baseball, no real progress there. Um, hockey, the players are starting to gather, and then uh, this weekend, Tampa Bay Lightning had like eight cases of COVID. So. They're shut down. Florida. 
Yeah. And then one of the superstars uh, who plays for the Maple Leafs, but happens to live and is from Arizona, uh, Austin Matthews, he tested positive as well. But they say they're not stopping. They know this is going to happen. It's just trying to contain it. And yeah, I don't know. So apparently I, it's not phasing them. I got but. It sent uh, an onion article by a friend that the headline was Nation on Phase 4 of Pretending the Coronavirus is Over. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The onion has never been more real in its entire run. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the whole not the onion thing that seems to pop up more than actual onion articles in my feed. Yeah. So. Remember well, the days where it was, where some foreign newspaper would pick up an onion article and run it as if it was fact and everybody would laugh? Simpler times. Hey, I heard if you just don't test for it, then you can't get you can't find out. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, that's right. They will be flattening the curve. All right, that's as political as we're going to get. It's time for Neem News. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Um, just real quick, because we were talking about the onion um, okay. in, in a non-political thing that that is uh, what one of the few things we have to look forward to, um, regardless of of how the next election shakes out or or. Whoever, whoever's listening, like who you're going to vote for, whatever. The articles that the, the Onion wrote about Joe Biden are fucking gold. So everybody, <laughs> yeah. do yourself a favor. <laughs> and, and if, if, if you got time, if you're bored or whatever. Um, but they're, it's some classic shit um, if, if you like The Onion at all. Um, just like as an example, like I think uh, one that got brought up again recently was like, Joe Biden like washes seventy five Trans Am in, <laughs> in in White House driveway, and it shows a picture of him with like like a, a like a sleeveless like Slayer T shirt. Like, it's just, like it's oh man, like the stuff in those articles. Um, anyway, uh, moving on to to other news. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Uh, Start off with uh, uh, a, <laughs> a sad bit of news for me, anyways. Um, I, I guess Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven got delayed. Um, this is really the the only game I've been looking forward to for some time now. Uh, that that, yeah. that that's been carrying any real amount of hype with me. Um, you know, I I wish I was more excited about more games coming out, but. Uh, this is the only one that was really moving the needle, uh, to use a cliche, uh, with me. And it had already been delayed from, I believe, uh, the original date of April of this year to September. Mm-hmm. And they just announced uh, last week that it was being pushed back to November. So uh, bad news for anybody that was looking forward to this game. This is the CD Projekt Red, the, the people that did the Witcher series uh, doing this game. Uh, but yeah, it looks like right up my alley. Um, this is the Keanu Reeves game where they put in the game. He showed up on stage and somebody yelled out to him, you're breathtaking. And uh, You're breathtaking. Yeah. Uh, so got to wait on that. Um, some other, um, to other sad news. Uh, you know, uh, the celebrity... Uh, what? So now, when celebrities pass away, like the first thing is, was it COVID? Um, 
and there's been a spat of those lately. But uh, I guess today, Joel Schumacher, I was 80 uh, when he passed. Um, and then last, what was it over the weekend or yeah, or last week? I think so. Um, Sir Ian Holm passed away. Um, you know, really sad for both of these guys. Um, but yeah, neither of them were were COVID related. Um, you know, they, they were just they they were in advanced years. Um, so, you know, it's, it's still sad though. Um, you know, especially Ian Holm, uh, just a, uh, uh, a great, uh, catalog, <laughs> really celebrated catalog, yeah, but wide breath uh, yeah, cat, catalog of work. work, um, was in some of our, um, all time favorite movies, uh, you know, certainly put his, his print on pop culture. Um, from everything uh, to, to, to less to stuff that was a little more off the beaten path, but still well known by nerds like uh, Time Bandits and Brazil uh, to to mm-hmm. larger kind of blockbuster fare like Fifth Element, Garden State. Uh, yeah, small part in Garden State. <laughs> um, you know, certainly uh, Alien, uh, where he he played a head very well. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, just the head detective, evil, <laughs> evil android, um, or haywire android, um, yeah, which is uh, it was a great role for him, just because he's kind of so unassuming. Uh, you know, the uh, couple of other fun roles like in From Hell, and of course, uh, he he was Bilbo in Lord of the Rings. Um, so, yeah, uh, sad news about his passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and just move over to, to Schumacher. Um, you know, he he's directed a lot of uh, you know kind of iconic pop culture things. Um, you know, we, I I I brought up today that uh, you know Batman Forever made a shitload of money, like just kind of I don't want to say reinvigorated, but you know kept the whole comic book movie thing afloat. For, for a while so at the very least he deserves credit for that um I, I i don't i it's been a while since i've seen either one of those movies uh either one of the the batman the schumacher batmans um i'm not sure how i would feel about them at this point i'd probably be go uh, yeah i'd probably be a lot easier on them now than than i would say like 10 years ago um but uh mm-hmm. yeah not my favorite Batmans, but uh, you know, also put their their thumbprint on comic book movies and uh, so the Batman franchise. Yeah, I, I like. I think I mentioned it in our group chat the other day. Like, I always had a soft spot for Batman Forever, um, but then I I haven't seen it in forever either. So I, I may change my, my. I knew it wasn't great, but I just I had a soft spot for it. Like I thought. Val Kimmer was all right. I thought Nicole Kidman was extremely hot in it. And, <laughs> and and Jim Carrey, I like. I did not like Tommy Lee Jones in it, but I thought Jim Carrey was was a good Riddler. I, uh, I feel like we give Tim Burton a pass for some of the things that Schumacher got killed for. You know? Maybe yeah. not the exact same yeah. things, but like like Burton was doing things that that in theory would have had like the the hardcore Batman fans up in arms. That, that maybe they that they liked that they you know didn't let Schumacher get away with I I, I don't know. Um, well, 
I remember listening to an interview with Kevin Smith, and he's like, man, you remember 1989 when Tim Burton did it? We're like, man, he's treating this shit real. This is real. This is real as a kid. So then he, now you compare it to like the Nolan Batman or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's like, eh, no, he didn't. But it's just, I mean, compared to Adam West, which was the previous version, then yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's all relative. Adam West. Uh, Remember, Batman Forever also gave us the Seal song and the YouTube yeah. song. It's fucking songs that like weren't even in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the credits and that's the credits. It. Yeah. Oh man, the nineties were the worst. Yeah, and Adam always talked about this. This is when we worked at McDonald's when this movie came out. So this must uh, have got, been you got all the memorabilia. The... No, not the memorabilia, but they were selling a Batman burger, which was. <laughs> It was like on a hoagie bread. It was like the, I don't know, one of the few times McDonald's didn't use a hamburger. It was like a hoagie bread, and you would lay three like hamburger patties side by side, and you'd put a couple uh, pieces of cheese on there. I and, think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was the big thing. Yeah, and the promotion. I'm sure the the Happy Meals had Batman toys in it or something. I don't know, but we both remembered the the Batman burger. Yeah, I think has has there been a movie that has like in the last, I don't know, ten years, even that that's had a a soundtrack like that, where they clearly the studio came in after the fact and was like, okay, we're gonna make a soundtrack that we're gonna sell that has like nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> uh, probably, probably not. It, they might have gone away with like the CD era in the nineties. Yeah, I, I can see how the, definitely the the format would have changed as well because you know, CDs yeah. aren't a thing anymore. Like album, like selling whole albums like that. That's kind of out the window now. But, but I would say that probably is just movies that we don't watch. Movies targeted towards that's your teens yeah, and young adults, and, and for yeah. music that we don't like, we've never even heard of. So I, I bet, but not, but not big. I mean, U two is still. I don't know. I never really liked that song, but they were still a huge band at the time. <laughs> so I, I don't know. And the Seal song. I don't. I mean, I don't know much about Seal, and then he was. Touched by a rose and married a supermodel, and he looked like mm-hmm. a leper. <laughs> Jesus, a, a leper seal. <laughs> I'm, I should, I'm out. No, oh, he was tu- he was touched by a leper. <laughs> then he got it. Is that how it works? I've seen. Okay. What's that movie? Been her? Is that the one with the lepers? A few things. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Sure. On. They they were in um Jesus Christ Superstar. They, Lepers yes. are in that one. Uh I was, I was gonna say Princess Mononoke, as Alex brought up earlier. Oh yeah. Um yeah. okay. Um so yeah, I just wanted to go over those things. Uh and then um here in Jurassic Park World the World Part Three or whatever the hell it's gonna be called, uh is, is started filming again. Uh, I read, yeah. reading like a blurb about I haven't read full articles in this but reading a blurb how they're going to spend a lot of money to make sure that there's hand sanitizer everywhere like, talk, talk about like not the onion uh, <laughs> so yeah. I, people are already making jokes though about um, it's really appropriate that, that Jurassic Park is trying to open before it should yep <laughs> uh, they were, so preoccupied. they were so preoccupied whether they could they didn't stop to think whether they should crazy ah, son of a bitch nice. they're actually going to do it um, you know I I enjoyed Jurassic World um, the what, what was the last one Fallen Kingdom Fallen Kingdom yeah that one 
less so. Uh, so yeah, I don't know about this third one, but then again, I don't think I was ever that excited for the the return of Jurassic World. Um, I like the last movie was like a rehash of different things from the rest of the franchise. Uh, they just went back to the well on a bunch of different things and just kind of tried to change the setting a little bit. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, Jurassic Park is uh, going to start filming, you know, when, whenever theaters open up again, which is the last thing I want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> they won't. So they quickly, at least was it AMC, uh, yep. quickly went back on their no masks thing. <laughs> um, idiots. But – you know, the, the thing about these movie theaters is it's not the ticket sales. It's the concessions is where they make their money. And if people are going to the movies and not going to the concession stand, then it might not even be worth it for them to, to, to open back up again. So there's this weird line these movie theaters are going to have to walk because they want to maintain business and grow business. Um, but, like, how do you quantify that? Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I don't go. To, I did. I wasn't going to the movies nearly as much as I wanted to. Um, but yeah, we've, we've already filmed the the sting a little bit, uh, like Black Widow, pun intended. Uh, you know, being pushed back indefinitely. Um, mm-hmm. Wonder <laughs> I, Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah, you know, I kind of. I mean, personally, I like the idea of the studios being forced to put stuff on digital. So. I don't even have to leave my my house, uh, but you know, eventually, it, it's going to be a, a, a sad side. It feels like like the writer strike back in whenever that was on on TV, oh, yeah, um, where we lost seasons of things because of that bullshit. Um, so, yeah, just I'm curious to see what would movie theaters do and if people are actually going to go back in. Um, I mean, clearly, there's segments of the population that aren't going to have a problem with it. Uh, I, I just Jeez. can't. I just can't see it though. Like, like me going in there until this is all over. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I agree. Which is too bad because I I really do enjoy going to the movies. Typically, yeah, yeah, I think I mentioned last week we canceled our AMZ Movie Pass thing right. that we had. So. Yep. So, anyways, that's that's all I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, Alex, anything you wanted to go over? Nope. I'm good. Right, Jeff? Um, not much. I think I, I don't know if I told you guys I reinstalled e- EverQuest 99. I played that for about 15 <laughs> minutes. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. And then I did, uh, it was, it's fun. It's fun and nostalgic, but it's, man, it's a learning curve to get back into it. And I just don't want to put all the effort into learning how to play the game again and then stop playing because I just I know I will um, but it's fun and then the other thing I did was um, I don't know if I mentioned on it I've been watching the behind the scenes of Mandalorian right so every week they've been coming out with a new episode and the, um, this last one was pretty cool it was more I forgot the name it was more like fan service stuff like the stuff the deep cuts they were pulling out to pull off they weren't saying fan service but that's basically what it was and I really enjoyed it and there's some stuff that I never like I, even I didn't pick up on, so I thought it was pretty cool. 
they would show a scene from the original movie, then they'd show like this is background characters that I never knew, and or I, I mean I knew, but I didn't know they were popping up in Mandalorian. Like I didn't pick them out, hmm. um, and just yeah, some of the I'm not remembering a lot of stuff, but I really enjoyed the behind the scenes, and I do think. Having had these interviews with uh, Abrams, but especially this Dave Filoni guy, which um, is relatively new to me. I've heard of his name, but I've never really seen him in many interviews. But he's the guy who's been basically um, George Lucas's was George Lucas's protege when they were doing the Clone Wars. He's kind of his right hand man, the guy that was he was teaching the story to and everything. He's the guy who's been running the animation for a while now, and this is his first thing into live action and like so like. Everyone's been saying to get him a movie, but like, and I understand Disney. They're like, well, we're not going to give this guy a freaking billion dollar movie. He's never directed anything in his life besides animation, uh, which is an, maybe enough, but I don't know. Let's let him do some live action. So that's what they've been doing for this show. But not only is he, he directed two episodes, he's the executive producer. Like every time you hear him talk, it's like he gets Star Wars and he gets it way more than we do because he's not an old fart who just loves the original. Like he, he'll blend in everything. Mm-hmm. He had this one talk about how, the duel of fates what really the duel of fates is and it's it's that is the moment of star wars it's if, if qui-gon wins that fight that uh, anakin would have been trained by him instead of obi-wan obi-wan was too rigid if he would have the right trainer when qui-gon he never would have fallen down the dark side all it, it just you hear him talk about it. it's like god i just wish that would somehow show up on the films <laughs> and yeah, maybe man. with and maybe with him you know, if he keeps doing this and executive producing this and doing stuff, I'm thinking it's only a matter of time before they they do give him some control um, of the live action movies. And even what's his face, um, John Favreau, who is the main guy in control, uh, he has right. a pretty good understanding of Star Wars too. Not as much as this guy, but he you know he gets it. He you know he comes from as a fan and um, and all all the directors they they have like the four directors. It's Taika Waititi. Filoni, Deborah Chow, and uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bro, Bryce Dallas Howard too. Yeah, I forgot about her. And then Fuid, the guy who did Dope. I don't know how to say his name. Fuid Jijima. But they all like are just really. I love the directors from all these interviews I saw. Like I have way more faith in these guys than I do in Abrams or. So, the other guy, which I like the other guy. I just don't know why he made a bad movie. But. <laughs> so, so I think. Mm-hmm. Mandalorian is interesting because it, it is a very pulpy feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you can have all these different directors come in and, and, and kind of do things their way. Um, I, I was I was listening to uh, uh, I've been listening to a, a Scrubs podcast um, that's that's actually Zach Braff and Don Faison. Um, and one of the things that they they brought up for the the pilot in the first couple episodes. Um, that I thought was interesting was ob- obviously the whoever the executive producer, the showrunner, like that person, obviously overall is like the most important person as far as like the whole creative direction and and you know how wh- what's going on with the the whole show. Um, but they, they mentioned that the, the the person that comes in to shoot the pilot um, is super important because they're basically setting the tone. Um, for the for the rest of the the series, pretty much, um, and uh, you know, it, it, so it's I mean, even with something like the Mandalorian, where it's important or where it's a little more again pulpy, um, it's really important to get things going out right out the gate. 
Um, so, so you know, like, so everybody has a, a has a like a reference of like how things should look, like what what you know what what things should be. Maybe um, you know, I don't know what the Mandalorian like if they really had that because they had to go back and do so much, um, you know, post work and everything. Um, did did but did, it, it was Dave Filoni who did episode one, right? Okay, so um, you know, did, that's did 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 they? Uh, you know, did they film that one and then do the other? Like, did they ever talk about that, or was it just all they just all these directors just got it and did it, and they weren't really sure about like what was going on in the other episodes? Um, from what I remember, like, no, each director they were directing episodes at a time. They weren't like filming a bunch of footage and reassembling them as episodes later. So Bryce Dallas Howard was responsible for filming her stuff and Dave Filoni his stuff and like all. And the other guy was Rick Famuia. I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong. But anyway, so they weren't just filming one big thing and then editing it. So they each were in charge of their own thing. So I think what you're saying is correct. Okay. But like I said, the fact that Dave Filoni was the first one, while he may have never directed live action before, he is the guy who's been directing the the Clone Wars forever and Rebels and all those things. So I think he was the one setting the tone there. Okay. Yeah, just again, I might be overthinking this, but I, I thought it was interesting like applying that to the to, to, different shows that I've seen recently. Yeah. And then, like I said, I think this was, this might've been Bryce Dallas Howard's first directing too, but like Deborah Chow, she's done like some awesome episodes. I think she may have done a game of Thrones and she did uh, either breaking bad or better call Saul. Um, so she's, she's some of my favorite shows. I know she's directed. And um, like I said, it's Rick Farming. I know he did dope, which I haven't seen, but I heard is really good. Um, but he's also directed some other TV shows that I like. So I don't know. And I think they're all coming back. They didn't, they didn't announce anything officially, but I think they've like hinted at stuff in the, uh, in this show. So anyway, if you're looking for something to do and you like Star Wars, go to Disney plus check, check it out. You'll see some good stories, uh, round table. And then even Kathleen Kennedy, who I really don't seem to care for, she's there and she does seem <laughs> to be kind of hands off and letting them do their thing. So maybe at least in the interview. So maybe she is and we're put we're giving her too much crap. I, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know who's calling the shots. But um All right. Uh yeah, anything else it. you want to talk about, Jeff? Nope, that's it. Rambling. Oh, actually, there is one last thing I want to talk about. Our Patreon page. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Um, we haven't been promoting that much because uh, it's not really going too well. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, we want to kind of push, keep pushing that. And the one thing we have out there is a poll on um, uh, Scott, Alex, and I have each picked the topic. And it's up there to vote on. And we will be doing that in a couple of weeks. So please go out there and vote. Uh, I believe it's unlocked right now. So anyone can go out there just... Even if you're not a subscriber, just go and uh, vote. And please do that because we're going to try to make that a regular thing. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll be doing that one and then we'll put up another poll. So please go out there, check it out. Otherwise, we might be doing something really bad. So it's only your <laughs> fault. <laughs> oh, Unlike, that's right. It won't be mine or Scott's fault anymore. Nope. <laughs> um, un unrelated to all that, just, just one more quick thing I, f I forgot. Uh, listener Daniel um, had mentioned that uh, in – it's Nashville. They they have a AAA affiliate there. Um, I forget if it's for the Angels or not. Sorry, Daniel. But they're the I think the the whatever the but they're the trash pandas. Nice, <laughs> nice. So <laughs> I hope they're an Angels affiliate, but I, I don't know. Either way, they're the, tra they're the trash pandas. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's a nice nickname. I like yes. That. So that's all it. right. All right. Stay safe. Stay smart. Be excellent to each other. And thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm. We at Hans Shop First like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.